retarded faggot. I like sucking. Legit bad podcast. What to but Carl's Jr. Welcome to the show. I'm Joe. Jen's here. Ben's here. You know what the show is called. You fucking clicked on it. Thank you. Uh, we are joined live tonight by hopefully Mike Romanelli from the Th- Free Thinkers Society, but he uh, got a bit busy at work, so he might drop in late. But until then, we have Mr. Mark Steves from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy and Ron from New England from the Wicked Planet podcast. What's going on, you guys? Hello, hello. And I also am a co-host on the Free Thinkers Society podcast now, so... Hence why I'm here. I hope uh, we're not imposing, but yeah, it's a pleasure to be back on Legit Bat. Last episode I was here was a blast and uh, always a fun time joining all three of you and Ron, of course. Well, thanks for uh, stepping in in a pinch. Uh, I I did see that too, that you were co-hosting Freethinker Society. It's been a while since I've listened because I got backed up on all the shows I listened to, but I checked it out today and yeah, I had no idea that you were on there with him. But Ron, yeah, like a, I think Ron just messaged in the chat that he can't hear us. But uh, yeah, the Freethinker Society uh, took quite a little hiatus for a few months, and I, you know, I've been friends with Mike Romanelli since I met him. Uh, the third time I went and saw Tripoli live is also happened to be when I was working for Tripoli, and Mike and Sam are business partners, uh, so I got to know Mike and. You know, we're both East Coast guys, so I've been on his show a couple times, and uh, yeah, it's a blast. If you guys are ever, I know Jen says she comes back here every now and then with the fam, so if you're ever in the New Jersey area, go check out the Dojo of Comedy. Uh, it's inside of Tiff's Restaurant in Morris Plains, New Jersey. So shout out to Mike. He'll be here hopefully soon, but uh, Ron, can you hear us now? Yes, not. Oh, that's so weird. That's weird. I don't think so. I have everything the same as usual, but we'll figure it out. Ron, <clears throat> if you got to jump back in, jump off, jump back in, whatever, you'll, you'll figure it out. I guess you can't hear me, but he knows what to do. So, Mark, I just listened to the newest episode that you guys did <clears throat> with the guy who's talking about the Michigan Triangle. Mm. I had never heard of that. And I used to live on Lake Michigan, just below the bottom tip of the Michigan Triangle. Not quite Ooh. in it, but close. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on over there. There's uh, owl man sightings. There's disappearances, like Chad was mentioning. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. I love when we do an episode like that with like the local interest. It's cool to see the listeners who are from those areas reach out and be like, "Oh, I'm so glad you guys talked about this because I knew about it," or maybe they didn't know about it and. Uh, someone who I think was on this show recently, Shane Jones, was like, oh, yeah, I love the dog man. You got to do more stuff about the dog man. So he, he recommended a couple people I should talk to. Nice. Yeah, yeah, dog man's weird. That's a new one that's popping up that a lot of people are very, very interested in. It's kind of cool, though. There's a bunch of weird folklore about it that I've never heard. Hmm. Yeah, Chad mentioned the the dog man having some sort of connection possibly to the mounds, which there's a bunch of mounds in that area for all of the Tartaria researchers. There's also star forts that were 
also in that area, uh, the area being Detroit, Michigan, or what was Detroit, Michigan before it became Detroit, Michigan. But yeah, I don't know where they're from, what the science is, but there's a lot of weird stuff. I think another thing that we got into with that is the Great Lakes themselves seem to be arranged in like a pentagram sort of uh, arrangement with the major cities that go around the Great Lakes. A guy I've had on my podcast, Peter Shampoo, he has all these ley line maps that he draws. And one of them is like a pentagram across the Great Lakes. So, you know, we're talking about a dog man. It's typically one of the nastier cryptids that people run into. I mean, I don't know. People's ears might be ringing out there for the, you know, what that those two things mean together. But <laughs> I definitely can put Chad uh, in touch with you guys if you want to have him on the show because yeah, there's right. so many, there's so many things that he's researched beyond just what we talked about on the Freethinker Society show. He was on my podcast as well that same week, and yeah, brilliant stuff. Nice. Well, we see Ron's back in. He said he's good now. Ron, you can hear us. Uh, I can't see you that well, but uh, as long as we can hear your lovely New England voice. But you are muted at the moment, so. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I lost the sound for a little bit. As we all know, StreamYards and I do not get along. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm sitting in my car because it's quiet out here. It's a little loud in the house. We had uh, we had a little get together tonight, and everybody's just kind of leaving now. Nice. Well, are you all uh, tuned up or what? Or you're not drinking right now? Oh no, I drank. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I always have drink. To come on the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we have a thing once in a while. It's called Thirsty Thursdays at our house, and uh, the whole gang comes over, and we have a big cookout, and we have a little fire, and we you know have some drinks. So it's all good. It's all good. Oh, Everybody's yeah. headed home. So, so now well, I'm we usually here. Wait till, uh, <laughs> we usually wait till the weekends to do that so we don't have to worry about getting up and going to work in the morning. But every once in a while, Thirsty Thursday does happen here. It's like, it's like you can't wait that extra day for the Friday. So you got to do it on Thursday. I feel like. Well, this is, this is New England, Joe. So we drink. Well, I don't mean just me, but I mean generally, there's uh, any day that ends in Y. Is right. is a day is a day for New Englanders and especially people in New Hampshire to have a few drinks to kind of. I had relax. a beer last night. Uh, wet Wednesday, yeah. we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ron, if I lived over there, I'd probably drink every single night a lot too. I mean, I do over here, so I know if I lived there, I would. Yeah. Well, it's nice. It's a nice setup. It's relaxing. Come home after work. I've had a busy week. I don't have a lot going on tomorrow. Little G's graduating from fifth grade tomorrow. So I'm not going into the shop until, I don't know, probably noontime or something like that. So it's good. Oh, yeah. You got some sleep in you then. So what have you guys been uh, talking about lately on your your respective shows? Uh, Anybody covering the uh, current event stuff going on? We haven't really talked too much about that because I haven't Mm. really been keeping up on most of it it just seems a lot of doom and gloom and food shortages and cattle dying and all this shit and i don't i don't even know how much to believe of that until you go to the grocery store and shit's wild but right well yeah, no if, I, I hear you if, Ron, if go you, ahead first oh sorry mark so so right. uh we just put out the show that buckley and i did last night and that's exactly what we covered actually doom and gloom is in the title of the show <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, so we just kind of, you know, wanted to go over a few of the, the doom and gloom stories that are all over TikTok. And that was basically what the show was about and how we just kind of wanted to basically debunk that a little bit. You know, I mean, I know things are messed up out there. I do for sure. Like everybody knows, but you know, I'm an old guy. I've been through this a few times, you know, and we come out of it. We come out of it every time, you know, and we come out of it better. So. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen or whatever, but, you know, when I was a kid, we went through the Vietnam War. That was pretty crazy. I can still remember that very well. And then after that, it was, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, it's endless, endless wars. It's one war right after another. It, you know, so there's always all these crashes. I went through the gas crunch, uh, the oil embargo of OPEC. In 1973, I still remember that. And you know what? We're still here. So I think it's exactly that. It's doom and gloom. Uh, I think people should prepare, you know, prepare for something to probably happen. I mean, like you should do anyway. But I think we'll be all right. Yeah, it does seem like one of those things that's going to blow over or it might not even come that hard on us at all. You never know. But like you said, it doesn't help to have some a uh, little bit of extra food. And it seems like we harp on this every time. but some chickens, some food, some ammo, you know, basic survival stuff that surprisingly not everybody ever even thinks about. So, well, that's true. Ammo. I know you've stocked up a little cause I gave you some, Well, not me personally, but I, I handed you some. Yeah. <clears throat> Still waiting on, uh, getting that whole ID thing for California and, Getting a gun that's already registered to me, registered at a specific address. So after oh. that, yeah, I can buy ammo. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, you can always buy it black market, like you allegedly might have done. I would prefer. You know, you know, that's what's really gotta suck about California. It really because, does. Because in New Hampshire, there is zero gun registrations. There's none. Yeah. I mean I mean, you can, I mean, you got to buy your firearms legally. Let's just say that as a disclosure for the show, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, they're pretty readily available. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... I, I, I'm not allowed to have guns personally, but I think if it came right down to it, just like anybody else in the state of New Hampshire, probably in less than 10 minutes, you can find one. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't even have, like, like we have constitutional carry here. You don't even need a permit to carry concealed. So, I mean, and, and that's why there's hardly any crime here. I mean, we have crime, and I mean, it is, ramp, you know, ticking up, but basically, there's no crime here. Because nobody's going nobody's gonna to walk in somewhere and say, oh, I'm going to rob this place. Because in the back of their mind, they're like, okay, there's 10 people in here. And there's a good chance that at least eight of them are carrying. So I'm not going to pull any shit. And that's basically what happens here. And, and, oh. and, and, the, and if you go into a situation and you try to rob a place, there could be somebody that's outside that's going to hold you up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's nothing. To, I mean, we just don't worry about that shit here. We just don't. Well, yeah. And I, I heard a story. I think it was out of Michigan about how the uh, local police PD over there were they were telling their cops not to respond to calls in person if possible i don't understand that 
really because you know if somebody's breaking into your house or something but they were telling them not to respond because of the gas thing they're like try to save the gas try to just call their phone number if, if you get a call about a crime just call them first and see if you really need to go out there that's fucking ridiculous but it's yeah i thought a great reason for us to have guns if you as if you needed another reason to have a gun that would be one in michigan at least yeah officer don't waste the gas just let them die yeah. yeah yeah you know michigan's pretty sketchy too you you've got some really bad <laughs> well i mean i don't want to beat up on all of michigan because michigan is 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 beautiful <laughs> to, just like new hampshire i mean it's very similar in appearance but you have cities like detroit you know flint <laughs> i mean okay these these are sketchy areas for sure but that that doesn't mean i mean the city of manchester and nashua here are sketchy but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't include the rest of the state, which, which is pretty mild, mild. It's really rural, and you have a lot of gun owners. Michigan has a lot of gun owners, but I think the thing with the police is that they, uh, I think it's for nonviolent crimes. They're saying to right. try to handle it over the phone. But yeah, I mean, I, what, I just thought it was yeah. a funny mental picture. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, well, I don't get that. I, I don't get that whole thing. Police are there to do their job. And police want to do their jobs. Yes. But you got Sometimes the bureaucracy that, that's holding them back. And then there's a lot of police that feel like that they're pissing against the wind because they arrest people for drugs and domestic, uh, you know, whatever. And, and then they're just uh, catch a release, right? They just they just let them right out. Like, like they, they PR bail them. Sometimes it doesn't cost anything. Well, and, and, and now, now right you have a whole street. new... Now you have a whole new wave of adult, fresh out of the academy police officers that are born after 2000 that grew up in a whole different mindset than everything that happened before. I mean, you got to think like Obama got out uh, or hit his second term in 2012. For some of these kids going into the police force, they were 10 when that happened. Like they were born after 9-11 and now they're right. 20 going into the police academy. Like it, it, it's a whole different world that they were raised in than prior to that. And I think a lot of it is, is they were raised in, uh, in, the, in the later part of their impressionable years and adolescent years where police officers have been under the microscope for so long now in in what what their job description is with the age of information and youtube and everything like that that a lot of the police officers feel like they show up to their job and can't do it that they're not allowed to do their job and then you got other ones that are completely bitter against the system and so they purposely do their job as shitty as they can or they purposely make really really bad decisions on the force because you know fuck the system this is a shit job. I thought it was going to be good. And they were like, you know, a year in and already jaded. So I think you got a lot. I, in, in my opinion, I think as a result of the bad apples getting so much attention on the news, it created a lot more bad apples. Yeah. Hey, real quick here. Uh, Mike just jumped in. So we're going to pop him in here. Mike, what's going on, dude? What's up, guys? So hey. I heard you got a little busy at work, so we appreciate you making time to come on. Yeah, guys, I got I got hit hard at work. You might even still hear some people if they're outside my office right now. But uh, yeah, and my computer's not working, so I'm sorry. I'm on my phone. I'm here. Apologize for the uh, for being a little tardy. What's going on, everyone? Oh, no worries, dude. And actually, your 
your audio sounds great. It's crazy. Awesome. We we're just talking about random shit just to start it off. Uh, talking about Mark being on your show and what you guys have been talking about. And have you met Ron from New England? He's this black box over here. Now we're about to get him on this week, but uh, yeah, this is our introduction here, right, Mike? I th- I don't think you've done a show with Ron before. We did your bir- uh, your birthday or your one hundredth, I mm, believe. Yes, but right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Ron, what's up, man? Yeah, I remember when I was on with you. I told Mark I wanted to chop it up with you one time. So that's that's yeah. Awesome well, we're, well, we're gonna do that. We're gonna set that up real soon. Cool. Yeah, so Mike, I know you're just, nice to meet you, by the way. Oh, yeah, ben. that's Ben. <laughs> hey, what's up, Ben? How's it going? And obviously, this is Jen, my wife. I'm hey, Joe. Yeah, good, you know, shake hands virtually, <laughs> all that shit. <laughs> well, thank you so, for having I'm, me on, guys. Yeah, dude, yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Uh, so we were just talking about random current events and stuff. What's your take on uh, the current state of the world? Anything in particular that's <laughs> gnawing at you? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm definitely freaking out a little bit about, um, well, obviously probably like everyone, gas prices and then supply chain. Um, I think that's, you know, obviously I I knew this. I knew when the lockdowns happened that we were going to be headed where we are now. I knew with all that free money that the economy was going to go to shit. I knew that uh, once the gas started going up, I mean, I remember I had this um, real great luck streak where I opened up businesses in the most perfect time. So the last time I opened up a bar was the summer of 2008. So, Oh, was, big recession. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were, it was like this amazing, like we opened up, it was this awesome sports bar, big with the UFC and a lot of May fighters. And it was just this big, it was great for a summer. And then we started getting whacked with all the fuel charges, the fees and prices started going up. And then obviously people started losing their homes left and right. And uh, it took about six months to hit Jersey. We were a little cocky for a minute. We're like, oh, maybe it's not going to hit us over here. But it caught up with us. And uh, Wait, you were cocky in Jersey? No fucking way. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you think, right? Of course. We're like, yeah, it's not going to bother us. We'll be fine. And then, you know, it took about six months, and then it got us real good. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I learned a lot going, uh, with, going through business with that type of economy. Um, but then I got real spoiled the last couple of years with Trump, and everyone was making money, and um gas was cheap but you know the lockdowns happened and then i this is this is my it's been keeping me up at night you know i'm 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 really worried i'm hearing about um possible diesel shortages i'm hearing a lot of truckers talking about that that by august there might be none left um i mean it's completely a controlled demolition in my opinion um i don't know who the fuck's trying to take us down but it does seem pretty controlled if you ask me it's also seems like our president is uh seems like our president's uh, taking the fall too. I'm not sure that he, they even really want, I think they wanted him on purpose to look like a bumbling idiot because this seems like a controlled demolition. I mean, we can look at everything, right? We can even look at just the fentanyl that poured in during the lockdown while everyone started using drugs again and people started dropping like flies. Like how did all that fentanyl get in here? Um, there's so many things in the state of the world right now. I think there's also a lot of distractions, you know? Right. I I I actually did a whole show about that, just about the the amount of distraction. So it's hard to figure out what to pay attention to. But like you're talking about the diesel thing, that the gas thing is is kind of a big deal because everything is brought to you with gas or diesel. So if that tanks or if it just inflates like it is now, everything goes up or just disappears. I mean, if diesel disappears, guess what else disappears? All your fucking food at the store. Everything. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I, I saw something uh, today, maybe last night before. It was a really nice thing to watch before I went to bed. Did you guys see all the uh, the cattle that just died? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fucking weird, right? I mean, I don't know. I have not. Tell me. Uh, I just saw it on Twitter. A couple, couple different people posted of just like um, hundreds, probably more than hundreds, but just hundreds of rows of cattle all like bloated in the same position on their backs, dead. Um, and it was supposed to be a, a, a large amount. Now it could be it could be some kind of bullshit on Twitter. I didn't verify it or anything yet, but you know I was reading all the comments. Some people were talking about direct energy weapons and all kinds of things. But you know mm. who knows? It's funny though, right? The, the 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 more you dig into conspiracies, you want to call it or rabbit holes. It's like, I don't know about you guys, but like I keep looking at everything. Like what's a psyop and what's real? You know? Um, I just feel like there's been that so right many- there. That thought train right there, what is a PSYOP and what's real, is a PSYOP. Yeah. PSYOPs are PSYOPs. It's to keep you guessing on what reality is, because as soon as cool. you get stuck in limbo, anything can pass you by because you're not sure whether or not it's real. Because if it's real, you can make a decision about your uh, stance on it. But if you don't know... What the fuck are you gonna well, do? Let's let's, yeah. let's continue. Let's continue to speculate and and maybe entertain the idea of like who are our opponents, who are our enemies. Because if we're talking about a supply chain breakdown, this is something that could cripple rich, poor, middle class alike, right? I mean, everybody is affected by things like this. So this absolutely has to be a foreign nation. This can't be some kind of internal. You know what I'm saying? Like a foreign realm. It, this is a self, you know, it's sort of like a self-sabotage. It just doesn't make sense. It seems more like a, a controlled have, demolition uh, to borrow Charlie's phrasing. But yeah, go ahead, Ron. I have something to add on some of the things that Mike brought up. So so on the Wicked Planet last night, we, we brought up a few of these things, right? Now, there was something I wanted to bring up last night, but I got sidetracked. But we'll bring it up now, right? So this whole thing with the cattle. I've seen all the videos. I've seen the scary music added to the videos. I show when these cattle all bloated up in the fields, right? I get it. It looks horrible. Uh, and what do, what do we think about? Oh, my God, look at all those ribeyes and those cheeseburgers and those, you know, tenderloins that are sitting out there in the field just rotten, right? Yeah. Now, now I, I went and I did a bunch of uh, article reading, like even on uh, some government websites and stuff. In, uh, in some cattle association websites where that is not an unusual thing. Okay. To, to, to lose certain amount of cattle when the weather gets hot. Uh, they talked about some type of, if the cattle, the cattle can sustain hot weather as long as they have at least four hours of cooled weather over the course of the night to where they can regulate their temperature, bring their temperature down, and then and then they can survive it. But what was happening was it was hot during the day and it was staying hot at night. What is, un- what is unusual, as they said, is that how far north that is, because that's something that usually happens in Texas and Oklahoma. But these cattle that are in question were in Kansas, which is, I mean, to us it's south, or Midwest or whatever, but it's still, it's way north of, uh, way north of Texas, right? So, so yeah, so we're dealing with some unusual hot weather for this time of year, but I mean, I, you know, I don't think it's that unusual. 
and I and I mean I don't like to see lots of dead cattle around. I think of all the money that these ranchers are already losing trying yeah. to raise these things, right? So I mean I I understand that, but uh, you know I'm not sure if they're backed up by some insurance policy. Like, okay, I just lost you know 500 head of cattle. You know, do I have coverage for that? I mean I don't I. I don't know how that works. However, but what I'm finding out is, is that is not something that's unheard of, right? So, so that, so that partially kind of debunks that, but then, but then you could come in and they come back with the argument that, okay, well, we're just proving it to you. That's climate change. Yeah. So right. who, who's to say that that isn't a psyop to say, yep. okay, we need to convince people that climate change is a real thing. This is why we're shutting down domestic oil and gas because we have to push our green energy agenda. Even uh, that, uh, what is her name? St. Pierre, uh, no, St. Jean or whatever, the new press secretary. Yeah. She's like, no, we're, we're pushing forward with the green energy. And, what it, and I mean, and Peter Ducey's been beating up on her. I love that guy. It's great. And, uh, and, and I mean, and she's really generally right, really flustered. When he asked her these questions now, now, so, so there's a lot of different ways we can look at this cattle thing. Right. And that's just my take on it. I don't yeah. think it's unusual. I don't think it's I out of the it, norm. I don't think it's out of the norm either. I think it's because it's been being paired with all these factories and food production facilities that have been burning down for the last couple months. And also I, I know they do this frequently too, but the slaughtering like millions of chickens because of bird flu and that kind of stuff. Like, it just seems like one thing after another all in line. Yeah. And Joe, Does that happen often too? What's up, Ben? No, oh, that uh, doesn't, Jen. That doesn't. Thank you, Ron. I, I wasn't sure. I couldn't answer that, so I shut up. Yeah, um, yeah no, that, that's not, that, that doesn't happen that often. Now, now it kind of it reared its head in New Hampshire. There was... Uh, some turkey farms. Uh, they raised a lot of turkeys in New Hampshire. New Hampshire and New England was always a big poultry center. And uh, and especially New Hampshire was a huge poultry center. Uh, as a matter of fact, where my business is in the haunted garage and my mom's house, our homestead, was at one time one of the biggest poultry farms in the state of New Hampshire. So, so uh, but the avian flu thing that's going around, you know, I don't know if they're just wholesale killing birds so it doesn't spread. You know, how many of these birds are actually sick? How many are not sick? I mean, so again, but that was on that list of the 97 different food facilities, you know, be it pork, beef, uh, that's what I was you know, poultry or whatever. Yeah. Hey, you know, that Ron, was on that list as well. Ron, you're telling me the haunted garage is haunted by ghost chickens? Well, that's a that's actually a joke around our place. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. so, so, what clarifying? When a new, we just had a new tenant move into one of our country apartments, and uh, and he's a friend of the family's. And you, you either have to be family or a very close friend of the family to rent off of us. So, anyways, the kid's name's Jake. I said, Jake, the one thing you got to remember when you move in is sometimes on them really cold, crisp nights, you're going to hear... The sound of the great chicken massacre. So anyway, so it's kind of a joke around us. The other thing I wanted to debunk 
was they're talking about all uh, these videos are all over TikTok about how there there's going to be a shortage of uh, diesel exhaust fluid, what we in the business call DEF, D-E-F, mm-hmm. right? So, okay, so I have a diesel truck that takes DEF because it's federally mandated, which is horseshit. But if your truck does not have the proper amount of DEF fluid in it, it will go into what they call limp mode and you basically won't be able to drive that truck. Right. So, so without def, the newer diesel trucks, you cannot run those trucks. So now they're pushing like what Mike said, they're saying by August, even September, some of the things that I'm hearing that there's not going to be any diesel fuel, right? That would be more catastrophic that a freaking nuclear bomb being dropped on New York yeah. City. Be- because because diesel, like you guys say, and we've said it a million times, trains, planes, and automobiles, they all run on diesel, right? I mean, everything, yeah. everything that goes to your store runs on diesel. Yeah. Joe, your truck that you deliver every day is probably diesel, right? It is, and it does okay. take DEF, too. Yeah, it takes DEF. Well, let me tell you a little story about DEF. I call up my supplier, and I'm saying, how are you looking for DEF fluid? He goes, how much you want? I said, well, how much you got? He goes, how many 55-gallon drums do you need? So, so here, you know, we're not seeing a DEF shortage, like, at all. So, so I ordered in four, I ordered in four cases of it just to have for my own personal truck and a few of my friends that all have diesel trucks. So Ron, is there I mean, a way to, to, to fix your truck up so that it bypasses the DEF? Uh, in theory, of course, we're not, you know, trying to make well, people do illegal shit, but. Okay. Well, it is illegal. And, and the only reason why I, you know, do that is because I'm a state inspector. Like, like, you know, I have a license that's attached to the Department of Motor Vehicle that when I inspect your vehicle, even though a diesel truck does not require an emissions test, it does have to have all the emission equipment there. So what now, you're saying is in theory, you would know how to bypass it. Kick ass. All right. That's what we call, has it been deleted? When you hear somebody say, yeah. has it been deleted? That's what they mean. Has the death system uh, been deleted? Ron, can't you take a diesel engine and, uh, in theory, get it to run on an alternative fuel source? Like, uh, you know, what you can get behind those restaurants, that green fuel that they get from the, uh, you know, byproduct. Well, you're talking about bio, what what turns into biodiesel. So, Mm. yeah, you're talking, you're talking discarded. Uh, cooking oil from fire ladies and restaurants, which used to be something that they had to pay somebody to come and get. Now it's now it's labeled as a commodity. Yeah, we get so, paid for it. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Mike. So so people will come in and they buy it. It is a wives' tale that you could just put it in your tank and drive with it. You can't do that. It has to go through a process. And once it's gone through that process, yeah, you can put it right in your truck and run mm-hmm. it. I had a well, friend I found of mine. A, that, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I found a book uh, a while back. It was like 60 bucks. I wasn't able to pick it up at that time, but I found a used book in a used bookstore that was like 50 different fuels, alternative fuel sources. And it taught you how to adapt your diesel engine to run on not just the one we just described, but a variety of other biofuels that you can get just from, you know, composting and other various uh, waste products. Yeah, and, and that is and that is true. However, these and, and you're talking older diesels, okay? So I had a friend that had a Mercedes diesel car and he figured out how to do it. He would get the cooking oil. I mean, you can't even get old cooking oil now. It's like such a hot commodity. But anyways, honest to God, when he drove down the road, it smelled like McDonald's. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming coming out of his exhaust. But the thing how much is did these, they pay you, Mike. For for the, for all your uh, biodiesel, how much do they pay you for that shit? It's like about a hundred bucks a month. We get a check, and a company just cleans it out for us. Huh. It's nothing nothing crazy. We probably we probably could get more now. Ron's saying it's just like a service. They come, they clean it up, and they give you like a like a hundred bucks. I'd say a month. If the, you yeah, know, if you need to turn it into fuel yourself, you could make a killing on that. Yeah, but... we could probably we're probably getting robbed by doing. Yeah, that. you know, it's the same thing with drained oil. Like I have a salvage yard. Say I, you know, I crushed. Back in the fall, probably 120, 130 cars. And of course, you got to drain all the fluids and everything like that. So that drained oil used to be deemed hazardous. It's no longer deemed hazardous. It's now, again, it's it's not technically a commodity, but in actuality, it is. Because I don't use waste oil burners, but I have other shops that do. And they're like, oh, dude, can I get some of your drained oil? Whatever. I'll work it out with you. I'll make it right with you. Whatever. Uh, and I save it for certain people. Right. But, uh, so, so it's, so it's in the same idea, but you can't process drained oil and run it in a diesel, but you can process, uh, cooking oil and run it in a diesel truck. The only problem is the newer diesel trucks are all computer controlled. So you're better off like to have an older diesel truck, like the old Chevy 6.2s, uh, that were basically a gas engine converted to diesel uh, which were kind of junk in a way, but it's one of those things. If they're good, they're good. If they're bad, they're junk, right? But well, uh, but, but about yeah, the this... computer chips and all the and all the cars and trucks and shit. Now, what do you guys think about the possibility of an EMP? Because yeah, I mean the diesel, the fuel, all that, the food shortages. That's one thing. But we always talk about how this is kind of a multi-vector uh, demolition. So, what do you think about the possibility of an EMP? That would literally shut down the entire United States, if not the world. In yeah. Minutes. Five Joe, minutes. that's my biggest fear, Joe. That's literally well, what you're that's, that but that's the thing. That's the <laughs> thing. And and I I kind of angled my question to Ron in a way because I think there's like an alchemy at play where you can basically solve any one of these problems that they hit us with. Think about the EMP though, really. I mean, this might not be the take you're looking for, Joe, but I think that the EMP idea, unless it's from a completely foreign nation that has no connection to our grid, I don't think we would we would have a contingency here in the United States that would do something like that. It'd just be, again, it'd be total grid failure. All of the elite, their whole system hinges on the same grid that we use. So, you know, this idea that they're going to shut it down with an EMP yeah, it sells a lot of uh, bug out boxes and gets, you know, a bunch of people riled up when they listen to Alex Jones. But 
you know, in reality, if there is an EMP, yeah, we're all fucked. I mean, what are we going to do? Sit around and, and wait for the sun to explode too? I mean, Guys, I just, if I could jump in real quick, if I could jump in real yeah, quick. So I've been getting a little like, so I've been actually messing with all of these thoughts lately a lot at night and I've been not to get too hippy dippy, but that's what I do. I think I've been really playing with this idea that everything we're talking about and we're all freaking out about is literally just done on purpose to possibly actually bring it on by us giving it all this attention of all these fears and just raising that fear, you know, and, and the cows and all these things. And so we almost, it puts us into a thought pattern, all of us collectively on, on a scarcity, right? So as soon as we shift from abundance, like we all were pretty abundant thinking in the last couple of years, most of us, even people with low paying jobs are doing better. But now all of a sudden, everyone's in scarcity and fear mode. And like, what if that just, that frequency just has a, all, just a chain of just bad shit just comes upon us. And there's really no big actual EMP or any of this shit. Like, like, uh, like Ram was just saying before, like he can get diesel, but we're hearing about it. So maybe it's all bullshit. Like lately, I've really been thinking about that. Like maybe a lot of this shit, maybe they don't have nearly as much power. And it's just really just this big psychological shit just to get us low because we've been oh, I, hearing this shit for so long for i mean yeah 9-11 that shit happened right that shit happened that rocked the country it changed the world well and think right. about this think about this on that level you're absolutely right i think you and i are in agreement that's why we do the free thinker society podcast together so well but uh but when it comes to this Elon Musk satellite thing, right? We got this new way that the internet is going to be shared with people. I'm not with Elon Musk at all. I think he's shady. And But that technology of satellite internet, if you were to properly uh, protect your home, shield it from EMPs, and that satellite was going, they'd have to EMP the satellite and your house. So... I think we're getting to a place where maybe those EMPs won't be such a threat. You know, like I have Faraday fabric that I use. Uh, I can put it over my computer if I was paranoid enough and it would block all of the signals from going to or okay. from my computer around the room. And same thing with my Wi-Fi generator, my phone. So there are ways, cheap ways to protect your house from an EMP. But if the whole grid is EMP, then there's no point in you being, you know, completely uh, protected because it's like, you're, you know, there's nothing to plug you into the rest of the outlet. Right. So, yeah, let me let me give you a thought on uh, let me give you a few thoughts on the EMP in uh, the Faraday thing is a great idea, Mark. And I was going to bring that up. Here's here's something that you really got to think about. Right. For a EMP to have major effect on the entire country's grid it would have to be from a foreign nation or some type of off planet threat okay what you know or aliens or whatever now there are ways there are small emp devices that even police departments use and there are small emp devices that go on like a radio, like an RC car, like a radio control car, uh, you know, like the little, like the little cars. And what they do is they, they will run them right up underneath a vehicle and touch it off and it'll disable that vehicle. Okay. All of that stuff is not even, that's like old technology, believe it or not, because now all the cars being manufactured, and this is another reason why they want us to go to 
electronic vehicles, right? Or electric cars. Any vehicle that's like a 2005, I want to say, or actually a 2000 and newer, if it's an upper line car, like with a General Motors, if you have OnStar, like they could disable your car through OnStar or whatever, whatever other system, whatever manufacturer uses. But now cars have kill switches in them. So they can single out your car and they can disable your car. And it doesn't have to be an electrical vehicle for them to do that. So that's another conspiracy theory that I'm going to debunk, okay? So if you have, like I had a 2001 Cadillac DeVille that had OnStar. It wasn't activated, but I, but it had the OnStar receiver capability. And I think if you have that, well, they can shut your car down, right? If they know where your car is. So, I mean, all those things are still possible. If people, if people think about a wide-scale EMP attack, if you're really that concerned about it, you could do just what Mark said, and this is an idea that I actually had a while ago. You can just buy a generic car cover, right? Use it as your template and cover it in Faraday material and keep your car covered. And if an EMP comes, well, it might not fry all the electrical systems in your car. I mean, I don't know for sure if it would or not, but it would definitely help. But here's why I always have old cars around, right? I'm an old timey mechanic. Like I used to work on cars before there was electronic ignitions. Those vehicles will still run if they have a what they call a point ignition system in them. Those points will work. A, a EMP strike is not going to damage that. You know, will it screw up your charging system? Well, possibly. But there's things that you can do for that, too. You can make a lead cover, mm. a lead cover to go over your alternator or go over your generator. In the um, old days, what? Sorry to cut you off, but I was going to ask, Are do you think, like, these really advanced cars or even maybe just cars that elite have access to are using those sorts of technologies to, you know, invert them from being victims of this kind of thing? I mean, do those types of technologies still exist, like for people to buy and adapt into their car? Or is that just a stupid question? I'm not a car guy, but. Okay, well, let me tell you something. I want to say, and these are all things that I've thought of. Okay, so so when I work on, say we, say we have a, a newer car in, and we're doing structural repair to it, right? We're doing, uh, you know, we're replacing uh, frame rails or we're replacing radiator supports or whatever, like the part of the structure on a unibody car. We have a device that we hook to the car and it absorbs all the additional electricity that the welding process creates so that it doesn't fry the electronics in the car. It's basically a surge protector for that car. Now, why couldn't there be a surge protector invented that just plugs into your OBD outlet underneath the dash of your car and insulates all your electronics from any type of electronic pulse? I mean, to me, that seems like a pretty easy thing to pull off, right? Now, now, if you're talking old cars, you know, even the old cars that had generating systems versus alternating systems, uh, and that's the difference between DC power 
in AC power because what an alternator does is it actually converts it converts AC back to DC, uh, which I know we're getting into electrical like Tesla versus Edison shit here. But but old cars will run even with the EMP. It's not going to affect them. They have mechan mechanical fuel pumps, mechanical oil pumps, mechanical water pumps. They're all either gear driven, chain driven, or belt driven. It, an EMP is not going to affect that car. It's just not. But in reality, like if an EMP was to really hit us, then wouldn't most gas stations would not work? We will get because everything is pretty much same thing hooked up to computers. Right. But what I'm saying, Mike, is that would have to be on a massive scale Mass. to take yeah. it, to take yeah. out the whole country. Yeah. Now, now there is ways to do regional EMP strikes. I mean, because how an EMP would work, like, just say with the use of an ICBM missile, right? An ICBM missile launched from another nation, say Russia, China, North Korea, whatever, would actually have to detonate up in the atmosphere, like way up, like, like within, within our atmosphere, but high up in the atmosphere, like let's say in the stratosphere. Well, it would have to, it would have to detonate. Let's let's forget about the EMP thing for a second because that is a crazy one. But it's uh, it's something to think about, like everything else we talk about. We just some something to think about, talk about, and uh, I'm not too worried about an EMP myself. I'm also not worried about kinetic warfare that much. I'm not worried about China or Russia sending an ICBM over here. It just seems counterproductive if they're trying to take over to blow the fucker up, you know. But like Mike, what do you think about the idea of a cyber attack? Because that seems like something that's more in the ballpark of something that could happen. Not only because it yeah. happens every day, but because uh, old Uncle Klaus Schwab warned us about that. So you got to listen. That's literally what I was just going to say. I was going to say that's the way I predict things is is what they talk about and what they drill and you know like I knew that I, in my lifetime I'd see a pandemic. I'm so thankful that it was what it was, right? Because <clears> a, <throat> a true pandemic that got us all freaked out. We, you know, shit, man, those things are nasty. But so and they they told us about a pandemic and then. After that, they told us about this cyber this cyber attack. So it's it's going to come. Now, is it going to be as as crazy and scary as we think? But yeah, I, I think that's the way that's the way I look at things. Like I just I watch the Klaus Schwabs, I watch the uh, the Bill Gates, all these billionaires, and 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 just kind of just read what they're saying. You know, it doesn't mean that they're everything they're they're saying is going to happen. But you know, I think we're going to see more gun laws coming in. I think you you could just read. You could read if you. I try not to watch the news that much anymore. But if you want to get your information, you just watch what they're talking about. Yeah, I do think that a cyber attack is on its way. How big it's going to be, I have no idea. You know, is it going to shut a bunch of banks down? I mean, it would be pretty with this economy the way everything's going to see a couple of banks all of a sudden freeze up. And maybe maybe we do it on maybe it's a false flag. Maybe we do that ourselves and we blame Russia. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think a cyber attack is definitely coming. Well, that's kind of already happened, not not with a bank, but with some of the uh, with the crypto taking a massive yeah. dump the last couple of weeks. I mean, even some of the so-called stable coins are kind of going yeah. under and it's like it's kind of making everybody who is into crypto, which no offense, but I, I didn't get into it just for that exact reason. Like it could tank just as easily as anything else. So I'm not going to dump thousands of dollars into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the markets are all tanking. I mean. It's, I think crypto is kind of a different thing. I'm not, I watch crypto. I watch trends. I don't know how much I believe in it. I do think it's kind of, if we look into it, I, I think it's kind of a little bit of a mark of the beast. It's, you know, getting the, everyone onto digital currency, but I do think there's ways to make money in it. 
right? I think there are ways if you want to make money, sure. And I think right now is just kind of a dip time and you could just buy. And if you watch crypto, it does do this. But yeah, I don't trust it. I really don't trust crypto. And I think if anything, it's another thing just to get us to put all of our money right there. And then boom, like you said, just wipe it out. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about. I don't have anything against crypto and I think it has its uses, but I'm not... Yeah. And there, like you said, there is a way to make money with it, but you got to be have some insider knowledge almost to be able to get on in on early on some of these coins that shoot way up. But I know there's a lot of people right now that are fucking hurting with the Bitcoin thing. And yeah, it could go back up. I don't know. I mean, if you this happened with Bitcoin too already, and it's yeah, it's, it's happened like what the times. news said, like Mike, what you were saying earlier, people putting attention into it, not to get all hippy dippy and weird, but if it's in the news. <laughs> everyone's listening to it and thinking about it and it's a negative yep. attention on that exact thing so it's like co so we'll bring up covid real quick so with covid that was the first one for me where i noticed they took every little story of every single person who got sick and heaven forbid they died then mm -hmm. uh it would that would be you know the saddest thing in the world and that's happening to everybody so um I think they're doing that with the food shortages, with the gas prices, with everything. They're going around to every little area and making it look super scary. And mm -hmm. it might not be that bad, but if it's in the news and everyone's reading it, it's the worst thing ever. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Jen. It, it, they almost, it, you know, people talk about self-fulfilling prophecies, but that's almost exactly what it is, is they'll, they'll sit there and, and, and put something out on the news and say, their uh, economists are saying that there is the potential for, and then they'll spew something out. Or uh, so and so said that this technology could potentially threaten blah 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 blah. And the next thing you know is everybody is basing their lives off of countering whatever it is that they just spewed off, even though it hasn't happened, even though there wasn't a threat, an actual threat yet. All they're doing is it's it's that whole uh, thought seeding. And then yeah. before you realize it, it comes to fruition, not because it's happened, not because there was a threat of it happening, simply because they said there's the potential. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know is boom, boom, boom. That's what everybody does. Absolutely. It's like toilet paper shortage, the toilet paper shortage yeah. of D20. And look what happened. This is real. <laughs> it's because people went out and hoarded it and created a shortage. Yeah, they I couldn't get my Charmin it. extra strong, man. I hate extra soft. Do you understand that? I hate extra soft. It gets all crumbly in the butt crack. I have to have extra strong. I couldn't get it anymore. I hated it. You gotta have that grip. You gotta have that texture to get yeah. all that out of there. <laughs> I was going to bring that up too, uh, Jen. The to toilet paper thing is a perfect example of something that was so prominent in the news for like it seemed like forever, and we were just like, "What the fuck?" And then all of a sudden, just went away, and we never heard about it because again. Because they made it a, such a big deal. So if people are saying there's a meat shortage, guess what? Everyone's going to go out and buy and a freezer. It. First, they're going to buy a fucking freezer, a deep freezer. Then they're going to go buy all the meat, and then there'll be a meat shortage for everyone else who did not do that. I don't know. They can do it with anything. Anything that's in the news is going to be a shortage. They're creating yep. it. Watch a diesel shortage be because everyone starts buying and hoarding diesel. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. I bet you there's some sick fucks that like literally are like, let's just fuck with them. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw toilet paper out there. Let's see if these idiots will all just so, buy all the toilet paper. Yeah. Thank you, Mike, for saying that because that's exactly what I've been going to this whole time during this conversation. Is I'm like, all I want to do is I want to see the fucking round table of think tankers that this what you know whatever you want to call it elites cabal whatever it is that you want to call it what are they doing where they're sitting there with their puppet strings going <laughs> all right well you know this one didn't really work is there anything less scary 
What about more scary? Oh no, we already tried that. Y2K, bird flu, swine flu, yeah. pandemic. Oh, okay. Let's try diesel fuel. Remember more you know hornets? Remember that one? That one didn't stick. It didn't work. Neither did um neither did Fuck. what was it? Bird flu back in 2012. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 Y2K, bird flu, swine flu, the whole bit, man. Well, and like we saw it right after um in I think it was in January of 2021, right after Biden got elected, um they were talking about this gas shortage. And you literally <laughs> saw people on the East Coast draining gas stations yeah. of their fuel simply because of the quote unquote potential of there being a gas shortage. They literally sheepled their way to the gas stations and created the very gas shortage that hadn't happened yet because they said there was a potential for it. Like, what the fuck? Yep. Actually, Ben, one of the reasons why that happened, and when you say East Coast, don't include New England with that. But sorry, Ron. Down, down, like Jersey, down through the Carolinas, there was that cyber attack that shut down that that pipeline that fed the East Coast. So, which they ended up, the government actually ended up paying them, uh, in, oh, and allegedly. Right. I remember that allegedly figured out you know who it was and you know what after him or whatever but uh but that was that was the biggest culprit in in that situation there and it was based on partially panic but but in some cases yeah. it was it was also supply because okay. that particular pipeline was I, I i wasn't that long maybe less than a week was shut down but it did trigger people to go into panic buying. Yeah. That's, so, so, that's so my point, partially, Ron. Yeah, so you're partially right there. But yeah. Well, that's my point, is that it, it shut down for a week. week. Oh, that's my point, is that it shut down for a week, and you saw they were still getting it imported, so you would have seen gas in, gas increases, but they weren't going to run out. I'm talking about just one specific you know, gas station on a street that people panic bought the entire reservoir that that gas station currently had that day. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they weren't going to get it back a week later. or There weren't panic buys here and there. No, I'm saying like what the reason, the reason that these particular gas stations granted the, the panic was due to the pipeline shutting down, but those gas stations weren't out of gas and it's not like they were going to be empty. It was just going to be imported and they were going to see a price increase but no, like they literally drained them out of gas where they had this fucking stick a sign up outside that said, we don't have gas anymore. Yeah. But, they yeah, got it eventually. I, uh, so, but it was one week. So the whoever shut it down, whoever elite party it was, they knew it would only be one week. Like they're ahead of the game. They weren't like worried that anything horrible would happen. They just wanted to see everybody freak out in the meantime, knowing perfectly well that it would be fine later. And people yeah, I, think exactly it, I think it was a dry run. I think that whole pipeline situation yeah. was a dry run. And we're going to say, hey, you know what? Let's shut this pipeline down. It just kind of like this is the beta test, right? Let's let's shut this pipeline down. Let's see what happens. Oh, boy. Now we got to do this on a bigger scale. Exactly. Right? Project Bluebeam with gas. Yeah. So whatever's going to happen coming down the road in our future, it is all contrived. It is all made up. And it's all somebody fucking holding the marionette strings making everybody do what they want to do and i agree with you jen on the meat shortage as well 
because let me tell you something now. I was watching reports everywhere. Oh, chicken wings in restaurants. It's going to cost $30 to get a plate of chicken wings. There's a chicken wing shortage. There's this, there's that. Okay, every fucking chicken that there is has a wing, has a couple of them. So, so if you can buy chicken breasts in the store and you can buy chicken thighs, which I buy a lot of for like 69 cents a pound. Okay, where are the wings? Right. So, so, so that's my question. So a friend of mine on Instagram posted a picture of him. He had a plate of wings at some restaurant. And I want to say he's in, uh, I want to say he's in New Jersey also. So I messaged him. I said, what did those wings cost? He goes, oh, like seven bucks. I said, okay. So, so no, that doesn't seem to be like a problem. Jersey. My, my wife, my wife went shopping the other day and she bought two big, huge packages of wings. I said, oh, you got wings? Were those expensive? She goes, no, they were two and change a pound. So so it's all, I just bought pork butts for, we're going to be having a smoke fest here in a couple of weeks. 99 cents a pound for pork butt. Damn. So that I is mean, funny that you're talking about the actual price of things versus what you see on the media. And so yeah, the, the only thing we can actually, that actually affects our life is what we're actually paying for these products. So, and no one can, argue that gas is at an all-time fucking high that sucks it sucks for everybody it sucks for commerce and that also trickles down to what we pay for everything else like what we talked about earlier because everything's trucked in or flown in or whatever else so what shortage or not shit's getting out of hand as far as the prices go i'm not even doom porning here that's just some go to the store like shit's up so much and just to get to the store costs more now and and ron yeah. you know with the parts with your uh your car business uh mike yeah you know, say something there no, I'm just gonna say uh, for us I, out here in Jersey, food prices are through the roof. I'm paying I'm paying more than double for my wings right now. Chicken, crazy pork has has held okay, but everything else. And then where we're getting really hit is like on um, just all the 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 uh, stuff you don't really check prices all the time on your your condiments, your to go containers, things like that are doubling tripling i mean our bills are are out of control right now and how it's like how you, much higher can we can we you know charge someone for a hamburger or some wings how right. are you on uh grain products right now we're fine but this week i've been getting emails from every brewery i work with a lot of the local breweries and they're all they, they all email me this week that we're going to be taking a price increase fuck and they haven't said like they all pretty much sent the same email out about the price of you know their grains and and hops and all that stuff that they have to, you know, increase. Nobody, they, none of them have said how much it's going to go up, but they all said, you know, by July, your prices are going up. Well, and they're probably in just as much, you know, deep shit as you're going to be in with that, where they're like, uh, hey, they're sending it out to not only you, but all of their customers. Like, hey, we really appreciate your business. We're going to be fucked too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how much are we going to actually charge for, for a beer? For You know what I mean? That's, I don't know. That scares me. Thirty dollars. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. It's it's nuts. Yeah, that's that that sucks yeah. too. And that comes into the list of things to uh, store in your uh, you know Armageddon bag is alcohol, tobacco, and ammo. Put those like get no. bags of you know Bugle Boy or whatever the fucking big blue bags of tobacco are. Just start stashing that shit away. Start stashing cheap Russian vodka because they're pouring it out anyway. Where they were. Start stashing all that shit because that's the stuff that's going to be the barterable shit if stuff goes down. If it goes and that's down, good. Stop being shitty. Like, don't if you hear there's going to be a shortage, don't buy all the shit. Don't yeah. do that. Everybody exactly. did that. 
there wouldn't be a shortage and they'd be screwed and they'd have to rethink. They'd have to recalculate. Jen, little I AI. love your face virtually every time it opens. That's exactly what I was going to say is if they bring open something else again, like there's the potential to the, 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 the hand sanitizer. Don't go fucking buy all the hand sanitizer. All I want is a small yeah. bottle of Germex for my car, you fucks. No, you don't <laughs> even need that. Oh, my mic was off. My mic's off. Shit, my mic's off. Okay, there we go. Uh, you no, deserve. you don't even need... <laughs> no, I just pulled a me on you. Uh, you don't even need fucking hand sanitizer. Lick those germs. Get your fucking immune system up. You don't... <laughs> I'll do it every day. Dumping alcohol and everything. Go lick a toilet seat. Make a TikTok challenge. Go nuts. This is don't 2022. TikTok, <laughs> is what... TikTok, they took them to the White House. Come on. They're like, hey, you guys... You're going to help out the so media stupid. now. Do you want to help out the media? And they're like, oh yeah, God, yeah, definitely, bad. definitely for sure. And that's, they're shoving them out there and they're like, hey kids, I know you think your parents suck and they're the only ones who know what the fuck <laughs> is going on and you're the next generation. So we're screwed if we let them take over. We have to stop it at the teenagers, stop it at the teenage level. So don't watch TikTok. Yes. We're going to have one, one, one person sounding like this. Put him, uh, put... Do you guys know if there's any truth to that whole TikTok and how it's totally different in China versus America? Is that is there any truth to that? Is anyone? Are you guys I don't know. About? I I've thought TikTok that. was outlawed in China. Well, what I heard was that in, in China, TikTok, it's, it's about like turning the, 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 the youth into like these perfect children. They get rewarded for doing amazing things, helping the elderly, excelling in school. And then our version is just all this degeneracy and craziness and stupidity. That's what I heard. Uh, I can I totally see China doing that because China yep. didn't, they run TikTok. So they they hate us. They would love that, that. being That being said, until China figures out how to make them all six feet tall and uh, much heavier i think america still has a fighting chance <laughs> yeah but i mean this is this is a type of cyber warfare psychological warfare kind of put together you know exactly like messing with the the youth like like the, t the stuff on tiktok that these kids are like you know doing these stupid dances and all this, oh this shit. I mean, that would be a pretty pretty fucking I mean, yeah i heard i remember one time um one of our so bathrooms dumb. here, one of the bathrooms here one day was just like covered in, in wet paper towels. And I'm like, what the, and there was stuck everywhere. And then one of the servers was like, oh, that's a TikTok challenge. Some kids definitely came in and did a TikTok challenge in your bathroom. I'm like, what the hell? Well, we, as, as many other things, we do have an answer for that. <laughs> I was just about uh, to say, I, I got a TikTok <laughs> challenge for that. It's called Guns. And security guard inside the bath. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, before we continue, though, uh, Ben's got to get Ben's got to dip out. He's got to go to work yeah. early. Uh, Mike, Mark, Ron, are you guys good to go? Or Mike, do you got to go? Like leave? I could hang for a little bit for a couple more minutes. Okay. Well, Mike, Same. it was very nice to meet you, Mark. Nice meet as you, always, man. Ron, love your face. Uh, yeah, ben, I will we'll talk see to you guys you later. later. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Sorry, I had to go. Peace. That was Ben, everyone. <laughs> Just happy he could make it, like usual. Yeah, he had early, early wake-ups. Yeah, but anyway, so Ron, continue well, your thought. I'm sorry. Well, the whole thing is, is what, like what Mike is saying, uh, you know, he's in the restaurant business, which I'll tell you is going to be one of the hardest businesses that anybody could ever possibly want to be in, even when times are good, right? Yeah. But, uh, but you know, uh, everything is driven by the price of fuel because it's the price of, that it's going to take to get it to you. That's the bottom line. So if they know that they can manipulate the price of fuel, diesel fuel in this case, well, that has a trickle down. Of, well, it's not trickle down. It's like a waterfall effect on 
everything else. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and now you're talking, of course, you know, fuel is used to make fertilizer. Fertilizer grows wheat. Animals eat wheat. Uh, animals get slaughtered and sent to restaurants. So, so, but how do they get there on a diesel truck? See, so, so one little thing, it just, it, it just encompasses every aspect of every part of your life mm-hmm. is all, is all based on the price of energy. Yeah. My buddy, my buddy Juan that I do a podcast with Illuminati confirmed he's down in Florida and he was telling me they have these Astro vans that go around the gas stations and they have like a hollowed out floor in the back of the van and they drive over the manhole cover where the diesel is stored and they run a pump. They got tanks in the back of the van and they literally siphon, you know, criminals do this. They go and they steal diesel out of gas stations like that. I mean, it's kind of yeah, wild. That's, that's, actually, yeah, that's, that's a, actually, that's an old trick, Mark. That's, oh, yeah? That's, that's an old classic. So what a lot of stations have been doing is you have your, you have your cover that you see when you drive into a parking lot. Then once you lift that cover up, there's another cap inside. They're actually locking those caps so that they can't do that. And if they're not, they better because that's that more of that shit's going to be happening. Yeah, that's that's not uncommon. That happens uh, during all kinds of uh, gas crises. That happens. You know, but it's, think, but it's a I good think... idea. It's a good idea. Whoever thought of it. I think that, you know, we're thinking about all this crazy shit and I, and, and whether it happens or not, I think it's more of a reason that people need to start getting to know their neighbors, starting to think locally, get to, uh, you know, know who's around your neighborhood, start talking about some of this stuff. Cause we're all thinking about it and it can't hurt. It will, you know, hopefully none of this, hopefully we're just prepared and nothing happens, but if it does, it's going to be a lot easier if you, you know, your neighbors and they got a garden and, uh, they're on the lookout for people because if the shit goes down, like the government's not here to help us. We got to help each other. And same thing with just fixing the government. You got to fix it on a local level first. That's what I learned from COVID. What I learned from COVID is like, I got to know who my mayor is. I got to worry about my governor. You know, I got to worry about who's, who's running the school systems in, in town. You know what I mean? And, and so even if we're thinking about these crazy things that may happen. It, it, it's still, it's, I, I think that's what we got to do. I mean, I know when I first moved to my neighborhood, I didn't know my neighbors for 10 years, but once the lockdowns happened, I started talking to everybody and I started getting to know people. I'm like, wow, this is a good neighborhood, you know? And, and people are kind of like-minded. They're not going to be exactly the same, but for the most part, they want this. They, most Americans just want to be, have a nice family and be left alone. For the most part. Now, I don't know about the city. Cities, cities are a whole different thing. You know, I was as a kid, I went to school in New York City. Uh, my last day of, of school was September 11th, 2001. Um, and I watched New York just completely change. And it was a, it was kind of a slow burn from 2001 until where we're at now. But I don't I don't want I don't I'm 40 minutes from New York City and I, I do not go there because it's just that's a whole di- I'm worried about our cities. I think our cities are going to implode everywhere I, I do see that happening i don't know about you guys if you guys are, are hanging around any cities but for the most part i know i i love philadelphia i can't go back there right now it's just cities are are horrific no from my brief experience with big cities which we're about four hours from san francisco which is i consider a big city but uh, i i went to new york when i was about 15 and um fuck that first of all even as a kid i was like 
nope, this sucks. Everyone's a fucking dick. Like, there's yeah. too many people. You to Boston and Chicago. You loved it, right? Yeah, but that's because it was on vacation. <laughs> no, I don't want to live one. there. Oh. No, no, well, I'll no, tell no. you what. I went there. I went there during COVID multiple times. My sister lived there throughout COVID. She had to move out uh, of New York City because of the price spikes that have gone down in the past few months. And now she's back home. But yeah, I went there during the, the pandemic and it was wild to see like less people in New York City than I was used to. Uh, but then recently going back, it was totally back to what I had seen before the pandemic. And uh, yeah, it's funny. Alex Stein wants me to go with him to New York City at the end of the month. He's going to be uh, in New York City. So we'll see what happens then. I'll, I'll be sure to send you guys some videos. <laughs> oh, thank hey, you. Hey, you know what? You know what? Even when you talk about cities, right? You take rural areas, and, and Mike was right. Uh, and I lost you guys for a little bit, but I got back in. But uh, in rural areas, like, like Mike is on point when he says you got to know who your neighbors are, right? And you need to coordinate with your neighbors and secure your neighborhood. Let me tell you a little funny story. Uh, there was a suspicious car, like, on our road where we live. And Mark's been here, so he knows. It's pretty rural here. And so I don't know. So the cops saw this car uh, because the officer told me this story later. Uh, he's, the car was parked on the side of the road. And so he pulled up, you know, turned his blueies on. And he gets up and he walks up to the kid, asks him for his driver's license and his registration and stuff. And the kid's like, uh, "Why? Why are you? Uh, why are you asking me for this?" He goes, "Because you're 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 a suspicious car. And you're parked in this neighborhood." And the kid says, "Well, what do you mean?" He says, "Well, this is the last neighborhood you want to be messing around in." And the kid says, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I just what I told you. This is the last neighborhood. This stretch right here, you don't want to be messing around with anybody's house on this stretch because it won't be pretty." He said, and by the time we get here, it'll already be too late. <laughs> and the kid's like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do anything. I just, I pulled over to, you know, we said he pulled over to talk on his cell phone. But, but, but it's absolutely true. I mean, between me and my neighbor in another house, this whole stretch of roads under surveillance. All of our yards are under surveillance. So we know what's going on. No matter, no matter when or where we are, we know what's going on. I know when every delivery truck comes in and out of my yard, same thing with well, my neighbor across the street, you know, and more this. people, more people need to do that though. Yeah, absolutely. Consider this. I was in New York city. Like I said, last time Alex Stein was there, I went there, we got off the train out of the train station and there's a homeless guy jerking off hand in his pants, laying on the floor and the nice. corner of the street and only 10, 20 feet away is a police officer smoking oh. a cigar, leaning yeah. up against his police car. And I'm like, everybody's walking by this guy like, oh, my God. You know, he's just like <laughs> staring into the ether, beating his meat. And I'm like, what is going on in this place? So, New York City yeah, there's no right neighborly anything there. New York City is lawless right now, and, and then there's this other thing happening where people just don't get involved. Like, they'll watch people get the shit kicked out of them and just film it. Or, yeah. you know, it's really crazy where at least when I was a kid in New York, like, somebody would have jumped in, especially with women getting beat up and things like that. Like, it just ha – and people – it's just – it's lawless. New York City, at least, I, I could say – and Philadelphia. They're both just lawless right now. 
Well, Mike, have you seen the social experiments where they'll do a video and they'll have like they're just walking and then they'll have somebody run up and like grab somebody's kid and run off with the kid? And all these people are watching, nobody's doing a thing. That's that's it's this it's the same idea. People are desensitized, they don't want to get involved. They're so afraid that they're gonna get in trouble if they get involved. Or that their busy their busy life is going to be interrupted if they have to take twenty minutes and give a statement to the police. I mean, come on, this is not the direction we want to go in. It's the direction that we have to we have to get away from and get back to helping one another, helping your neighbors, helping somebody that's getting the shit kicked out of them. I you think know, it's a uh, up though. I think that's a up too. I do think in the cities that's happening. I think around I know where we're at over here like in Morristown where the dojo of comedy is like people it used to be before the lockdown you walked with your head down you didn't say anything once everyone was cool with lockdown people smiled at each other they talked to each other more um like I said neighbors are talking to each other people are getting involved locally I think for sure there is a lot of desensitization a lot of people are getting desensitized I think the cities are lawless but I do I, I'm I still am hopeful and I do think that we're changing for the better and and it's the end of some kind of old old way, and it's just a lot of kicking and screaming, and a lot of distractions, and a lot of psyops on psyops, and that's really disgusting to hear about. You know, people stealing kids and nobody doing anything. That's disgusting. But I, I have to say, if that happened in our neighborhood, in any of these couple of towns that I'm 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 out around in, you you would get chased down. That would never happen. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, that would that wouldn't, wouldn't happen here either. Yeah. The old system of uh, or the old way of doing things when you're talking about. Uh, preparing and having some extra food and all that stuff. Yeah, we're talking about a crazy, like, worst-case scenario for the world, but what does it hurt if you have some extra food? Or some, you know, or grow your own food? Like, what? how is that going to hurt? Like, start your garden. Even if nothing happens, you're probably Mm. better off growing your own fucking food anyway. We talked about this the other day, though, about how... Focus on doing it because you're afraid. Do it because it's awesome. But we talked about, like, food. But it's still kind of fucked up because you're still watering the food with water that you're giving them the city line or whatever. You're who knows mm. what's in the yeah, air. You know what? You know what? Yeah, but you know what? Yes, you do need the city water and all that, but you could also just mulch really well and Mother Nature will take care of itself, man. Yeah. Like yeah. it really does. You just put some mulch down. I mean, there's a lot of tricks to gardening too that Mother Nature will just take care of of herself. So like right. And there's nothing, yeah, everyone should learn skills. Everyone should learn how to garden. Everyone should, you know, be a little bit prepared. I could tell you, like, something that was not a conspiracy. Hurricane Sandy, right? That was something that opened my eyes. Like, and once again, I have to say, where where I live and humanity, everyone was out to help each other out. They're giving each other lines for the generators. Shit did start to get weird after, like, two or three weeks where people started coming in the neighborhood and stealing gas and stuff. So we'd lock the generators, put lights, all watch out for each other. But people were coming together and helping each other out in the neighborhood. And, um, but something like Hurricane Sandy was like, well, that's where I was like, I got to be prepared. You know, I need to have things when you can't, when you can't go to the stores, you have no power. Like there's nothing wrong with being prepared. There's nothing wrong going back to your roots. Like if at least my grandparents, and and if you ever talk to anybody that's been through the depression, I mean, they, they live differently. And I think there's nothing wrong with us going back to such a non-disposable society. There's like nothing wrong with that. And I think, I think, as a whole, our spirit is going that way. And I think there's just a lot of bullshit that's trying to throw us off course. I mean, there's a lot of people right now, if you go online and you look at these videos that are watching gardening videos, that are watching homesteading videos, that are learning how to, you know, refurbish old old equipment. 
And uh, I, I think that's as crazy as society is, a, a big part of me thinks that we're headed to a, uh, in, a in a much better way. I think what's really going to happen, if I was had a crystal ball, what I think is going to happen is I think the cities are going to get smarter and more technology, and it's going to get crazier. But you're going to get tons of people that are, are sick of it and are going to go build their own little little communities, let's say. And I think those yeah. are going to really thrive. And I think eventually the end for all of this, the real sinister shit, is a transhumanism agenda where they're going to want everyone hooked to the smart cities, everyone hooked into the machine, and it's going to be real nice and shiny and and it's going to it's going to feel like something that's going to be amazing that why would you not want to do it and maybe you'll live forever and who knows but i think that's going to be the big trick and i think they will allow some some people to go live the way we used to live and be happy and and possibly that's where the real next step of enlightenment happens is not in the tech you know the tech cities but actually out in these little communities that's what i think i get weird downloads of information that's kind of been coming to me that way for a couple of years and uh, i don't know that's just where my no. head that's funny because the transhumanist thing, what easier way to bring about you'll own nothing and be happy than being living in the metaverse? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, until they run out of energy. So I do, I agree with you, Mike. Like, I think that they're going to let us live, you know, freely for as long as it just because they do stuff, it, it's in small increments. It can't be alarming. Otherwise, it would be very, very abnormal. So people will be allowed to live freely for a while and the smart cities will come up and it will be totally normal. You can make a choice. And I think at the end of the day, though, we have to just not care and we can't upload into whatever the fuck they want us yeah. to upload into because at the end of the day, when we die, we go back to the real source, mm -hmm. the real, the real natural everything. And there's a kind of a tiny part of me that thinks that all of this, all of these little details, all these little problems are part of the game or the, the life course that we have to take. So I know that sounds hippy-dippy and weird too, but I think that when we see these evil people like Fauci and Bill Gates and people spend so much time worrying, they're literally put there to keep the game more interesting because the whole point is to have experiences and it would be super boring if we were just all on the beach all the time getting drunk, they're right? Just the I mean, we have to have some game. sort of fun. <laughs> So all of those things, I try to look at the negativity, like, oh, it's just part of, it's just part of life. It's fine. Yeah, I would, I would agree one hundred percent, and also add that uh, recently a mentor of mine and I had a conversation. Uh, Amos, I talked about him a bunch on the podcast, but he told me about how the situation we're in right now is like an hourglass, right? Each side of the hourglass. One of it is, you know, is like a yin and a yang, right? Good, evil. And the evil side has been stacking and piling on top of the good side. And pretty soon the sand will settle and the hourglass will be flipped over and the evil will get sunk to the bottom and the light, the good will be resting on the top. And that's just the way it cycles all the time. You know, it's like, you know, for a period, it's evil winning, 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 winning to your point, Jen, to provoke evolution and growth and change and, you know, the upward spiral of the soul. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind I don't know, of, I don't uh, think evil ever wins though. I think good always. Wins. No, I mean, it's, it's evil. Always. Evil has too much of a moral, you know, I shouldn't have said evil. It's really more just like uh, chaos versus order. Really? Oh. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah and sure. he's, uh, Amos is a native, right? 
Native American? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've heard similar like prophecies as well from other uh, indigenous people. Similar. Similar. Yeah. I think they have it figured out a lot better than all of us. Uh, I'm not going to say white people because that's racist, but you know, us, <laughs> us people will say that you people. So, you Hey, people. before we get out of here, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let everybody know where we can. Oh, nice. GIF there. <laughs> nice. Mark. Uh, Mike, <laughs> I'll start with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let everybody know where we can find you and everything you do. Well, guys, first I want to really thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Um, if anyone wants to hear me, um, I'm on the free thinker society. Um, with Mark, Mark, me, Mark and I have a podcast. I also have the Dojo of Comedy with Sam Tripoli. Uh, we do comedy shows here three, four nights a week in Marstown, New Jersey. If you're in the area, Sam is going to be here soon in July. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun here. And listen to our podcast. Thank you so much, guys. You, of course. Thank you. And Mark, my family thinks I'm crazy. Everybody knows where to find your ass. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure being here. I know this was impromptu. Thanks for letting me bring a guest as I crashed the party. Uh, this was fun. And yeah, myfamilythinksomecrazy.com, altmediaunited.com. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts on there. And I just created a really cool thing. I'm still testing to make sure it works, but um, it's an event page. So anybody who has a podcast with Alt Media United can go there, host an event, and get their audience, you know, hey, we're going to do a meetup here, meetup there. So I encourage Legit Bat to do that. That's um, awesome. I love it. Podcast. And it's not just for podcasters. It's for audience members, too. So they can say, like, hey, I'm doing a Chicago uh, meetup of Alt Media United or Legit Bat Podcast, you know, and get a bunch of other fans of your show or any show that they like uh, together to, you know, build up this community and, you know, a lot of other shows have been doing that. No Agenda started doing that. And I think why not add to the, the wave, to the movement and, and get people active and, and meeting other people who are into this type of stuff and having these sorts of conversations. Hell yeah. Thanks, dude. Uh, Ron, last but not least, tell us where we yeah. can find you. <clears throat> yeah, Ron from New England. Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet podcast. Come check us out. Uh, we got a Telegram chat page. Come check that out too. And uh, and also you can find us on Alt Media United as well. So uh, yeah, th thanks for letting me crash the party too tonight. Mark, hey, no he goes, anytime, hey, Ron. Yeah, Mark's like, hey, hey, jump on with us tonight. Jump. What are you doing? I'm like, dude, I got company. <laughs> but, but it's all good. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure as always. And uh, you know, always. we'll be talking. We'll be talking to everybody real soon. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, all listeners, uh, supporters, and live chat people. This has been Legit Matt. What to you, boy, Carl's Jr. All right. We love you all. We'll see you next time. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? 
Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.